It's time for Tim. The Tim Weisberg Show on 1420 WBSM and streaming live on WBSM.com and the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message through the WBSM app. And now, WBSM's big gun, Tim Weisberg. And welcome back in, third and final hour here on Tuesday. And if you missed any of the discussion in the first two hours, the podcasts are out, including our discussion with Dr. Nosheen Javed, a cardiologist with South Coast Health in the last hour who talked to us about heart health because it is Heart Health Month and WBSM has teamed up with South Coast Health to bring you some heart-healthy tips. So you can um, you can check out some of those at WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. And you can hear that interview wherever you get your podcast from. But the easiest way is always just download the app and play our podcasts right there. And that's where you can also find all of our articles. We put everything up there that we write we send out some alerts for some of the stories, and uh, we make it nice and easy for you to get them wherever you are. I will tell you that uh, I have two stories up there that you may find interesting. We talked about them a little bit earlier, but just to give the audience that wasn't there when we talked about at the top of the show an idea. So I wrote an article about a now-defunct website, but that used to be something that was um, groundbreaking, we'll say, for the time period in the early 2000s south coast media group the publishers of the standard times came up with this website southcoast247.com that was geared toward a younger demographic and it was music reviews uh you know live shows letting you know where bands were playing uh there was some um, some sports coverage you know sports columns i remember zach rocha writing for them uh, there was uh advice columns horoscopes all kinds of stuff and it was really geared toward the 18 to 35 demographic. It launched in 2003. So at some point this year, we are going to celebrate the 20th anniversary of South Coast 24-7. We're going to do an oral history of it, kind of look back at how it all came together and how it all came to an end. And then we'll we'll be able to dive into some more about some of the things that they did back in those days. The, the city was certainly a place that was, I mean, it still is, but there hadn't really been a way to tie in the vibrant arts culture that was out there until this website came along. You know, this was kind of what really shone a light on that. So it was, uh, you know, gone too soon. If it had stuck around a few more years, it could have been one of the leaders of the type of coverage that you see now with some other websites that are out there of these aggregates of calendar items and things that are going on. But while it was with us, they posted, they had a section called Dumb Stuff, and in that they would put random photos. And a random photo published on that site in 2006, which you can see the photo for yourself in the story at WBSM.com and on the app. A random photo they published in 2006 predicted the 2020 election. Predicted Joe Biden and his aviator sunglasses would defeat Donald Trump and the Republicans. All right, it wasn't exactly that specific. But you can check it out in the story uh, it is kind of interesting. It's probably just coincidence. But Jamie, the editor, 
said she's always felt that she's a little bit psychic. So who knows? Maybe maybe there was some some prediction happening. Maybe it wasn't just as Joe Biden would say, a bunch of malarkey. So you can read that at wbsm.com and on the app. You know, it's just all in good fun. I don't it, I don't I don't care what you think about Joe Biden. Just read the story anyway. It's all in good fun and it shines a light on the great work that they were doing at South Coast 24/7 20 years ago. Also, I have an article up about another sandwich. That's right. I will write about every sandwich that you've never heard of before my time on the radio is through. And today I have the St. Paul sandwich, which we briefly mentioned in the past when we were talking about chow mein versus chop suey sandwiches. But this one is a little bit different. It still involves some Chinese food, but it may be something that some of you, because a lot of you have said, Oh my God, you guys eat chow mein sandwiches on the South Coast? I have friends that listen all over and they're like, you eat, you eat chow mein on a sandwich? Listen, it's not really a sandwich, okay? We put a hamburger bun around a bunch of chow mein, but nobody's picking that thing up and eating it with their hands. They're just eating it with a knife and fork and you just have a little bit of bread inside your chow mein. It's good. Trust me, it's good. Throw some white vinegar on it like the caller suggested. Makes it even better. So... It's not a real sandwich, but a St. Paul sandwich is a true sandwich. You can pick it up with your hands and eat it. In fact, you've probably had something very similar in the past and not even realized it. So it is basically a sandwich made out of egg foo young. So check that out at uh, WBSM.com and on the app. You can see how to make it. But the reason why I mention it is because I want you to be able to do what I did. I got my egg foo young patties to put on my St. Paul sandwich by going to SeizeTheDeal.com, getting that deal for Wame, getting, and, and you can get $25 for twelve fifty, but they're going to run out soon. So you want to get over there and get them now and then hang on to that. You don't have to use it to get to make a St. Paul sandwich. You can use it to get any of the great food that they have at Wame, one of the best Chinese restaurants on the South Coast and certainly a place that I frequent because, it, you know, not only is it in Fairhaven, so it makes it easy, but I really like the food and the people there. I don't know the name of, of the woman who always takes my order and, and has it ready for me when I get there, but she's so pleasant and wonderful uh, that that makes it worth going there just alone. And also, I told her that uh, she was going to have to put the St. Paul sandwich on the menu after that story got out. So maybe they will. Who knows if they've got all the ingredients. Um, I, I think that the, the key is you know being able to keep the lettuce in stock. I don't know that a lot of Chinese restaurants offer salads that they would have lettuce hanging around, but you never know. And uh, I tell you, you can probably make one yourself at home. Just go and get that Egg Foo Young from Wame. Take it home and make the sandwich at home. And uh, as I said, you know, for 10 bucks, I got three good size Egg Foo Young patties that it would make three sandwiches. How's that? Lunch for the family for 10 bucks with stuff you probably have already around the house and some Egg Foo Young patties. But read more about that at WBSM.com and on the app, including a little pictorial how-to and how to make yourself a St. Paul sandwich, and some of the history as to why it might be called that. Again, 508-996-0500, or hit us up on App Chat on the WBSM app. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Good morning, Tim. It's Catherine. Hello, How Catherine. Are How are you? Good, thanks. I'm sorry I don't have anything to contribute about sandwiches. Oh, I, um, I'm, I'm sure, you, moment, I'm sure but... you could come up with something if you thought about it. What's your favorite sandwich? Let me ask you that. A really good grilled cheese with tomato. There you go. Tomato. See? You contributed to Sandwich Talk right there. What else, what else <laughs> is on your mind? Well, I'm trying to find online uh, the agenda for the Committee on Ordinances, Ordinances meeting tonight, and I haven't been able to get it. it. 
there's a link for it, um, but I don't know if there's something wrong with my cell phone or something wrong at the other end, um, but I'm not able to see the agenda. The meeting's tonight at 7, and I'd like to know if the um, the, the mayor's uh, um, acceptance and then uh, list of uh, amendments to be considered for the you know, for the city council about the uh, raises is going to be on it. So if there's anything you can do. Well, uh, I, I just went to the, hold on, let me see here. I, looking at the, the council calendar for tonight, it is the Committee on Public Safety and Neighborhoods that's having a meeting tonight. Okay. All right. And then the full council meeting is uh, is Thursday night. And I know right. I know that the mayor's um, the mayor's communication should be on the agenda for Thursday night. Okay. That's All what right. uh, that's, that's Council President Moore had said she would get it on on the on the agenda for for Thursday. Oh, okay. That's very helpful. Thank you. No problem. And uh, since I have uh, something else, I might as well add if you have time. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about when you were talking about the uh, the two candidates for Ward Three, and I guess I don't know if there was a question about whether both of them would appear for the debate, but um, I guess. One of them isn't. Is that right? Or no? They they both are. What happened was, um, you know, Marcus had not seen the email yet uh, that Carmen Amaral sent last night accepting. So they will both be here tomorrow night at seven p.m. Okay, good. And I just, you know, I was thinking about that, and I thought, you know, it, it does bother me that um, the city council president, who you know, comes uh, is online uh, Friday for half an hour, and I understand, you know, you've explained that she's not there, so. Uh, she can't take calls directly. <clears throat> but I've been thinking, I think it's important in her position that she find a half an hour to be able to come in and speak with people directly, just as it's important for anybody running for candidate, you know, for Ward 3. That's what prompted me to think about it. You know, that, that they make that time uh, to talk with people, too. And so I hope she finds the time for it, because I, I, I think it's really um, a deficit that so far she hasn't. Sure. I mean, we might be able to work it out with her schedule-wise, where maybe like once a month she might be able to come in. or and, and I would prefer if she could do it, if she could come in for an hour like the mayor does, because that would give us more time to take more calls. But I can I can work it out with her. I mean, basically what happened was when, when we agreed to carry over this segment, uh, when I offered it to her the same way that I had offered it to, to Council President Abreu, uh, okay. she she said sure. Uh, but I, you know, as part of what I want to do, I've always thought that we should have, you know, the other counselors come on as part of this segment. So she had had an she had an idea for a segment, and I had an existing segment, and we kind of blended the two together. So I'm I'm sure at some point we can get her to come in and, and do a bit of a lengthier discussion and be able to take some phone calls. Yeah, even monthly would be better than nothing. Right now. You know, um, she's not hearing from people online anyway uh, with any questions or concerns that they have, and that way she would be able to. I mean, I know so, they're they're getting out there with these with the, with these neighborhood meetings, but sometimes for people it's easier for them to call into the radio station and and ask a question directly that way. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think she would better serve the public if I mean, I have, if she wants to go to one of those breakfasts, I don't think. Well. It'd be a longer discussion for us to have, but I don't think it's the best thing. But it's it wouldn't bother me as much if she came, you know, and allowed uh, people to call her directly at least once a month. So, okay, I thank you. All right, thank you. 
and five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. So uh, I can I can mention that to her. Um, I I don't know if she will accept that or not. If she will uh, have that time in her schedule to be able to do that, or if she'll want to alter one of those monthly appearance, uh, one of those weekly appearances once a month to to be able to do that. But I do I see the value of it. Uh, I see the value of allowing, and that's really what this is about. So when, when Council President Morad calls in on Fridays and she, she calls in with another counselor, I may be the one asking the questions, but they're really talking to you. And so don't feel like you can't send me things that you want to ask to them. I know I don't always get a chance to check app chat during the course of that conversation, uh, especially last week where I was you know out somewhere else. I wasn't in the studio, but you can always send them to me ahead of time. And I'll try to do a better job of letting you know ahead of time which counselor will be joining Council President Morad. So this week it'll be Councilor Markey. Ward 1 Councilor Brad Markey will be uh, making a return appearance with Council President Morad this Friday. So if you have questions for either one of them, you can send them to me in the app chat or you can send them to me, email tim at wbsm.com, and I can certainly work those into the conversation. They usually send a couple of things that they think are, are good talking points. Uh, you know, the mayor does the same thing. A couple of things of, that we can bring up. But, you know, it's a free-flowing conversation. It doesn't have to be about those talking points. Those are just things that, you know, we'll try to bring up. Obviously, if she says, you know, there's something that we just added on to the agenda for the next week's meeting, and I'd like to talk about that, of course, I'm going to bring that up. Uh, but, uh, you know, we try. I try to make sure that I get the news of the day into there as well. And if you heard Fridays, you know, we, we covered a good portion of the news of the day. We had things that were coming out uh, just that morning and we got instant reaction to. So that's part of it. But also, you know, when she brings these counselors on, they are coming on to talk about specific uh, initiatives that they're working on as well to let you, the public, know about it. So, But don't think of those segments as me talking to the counselors. That's the counselors talking to you and me just asking the questions. And And really, same thing with the mayor. He's He's not here to talk to me. If I wanted to get information from him for a story, I can call him a different time. He's here talking to you, and he'll be here tomorrow talking to you at 11 a.m. 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and chime in. I think, too, part of you know good government is being responsive to the people, but also... We all know how it goes. There are some people that take advantage of that. There are some people that would monopolize someone's time, too. So I do understand the need to compartmentalize sometimes. You know, I think one of the most, I, I, I think most people will agree that uh, Counselor Abreu and, and certainly Counselor Gomes, at least in my experiences, are two of the most um, responsive Maybe not to the mayor, in the case of Councillor Gomes, according to him, but at least in my dealings with them, I reach out to them, I get an answer relatively quickly. Might be, I'll get back to you on that, but I get an acknowledgement. Uh, and I think that, you know, Councillor Abreu is famously known for reacting quickly to requests. But they've also got to kind of learn how to compartmentalize, too, to say, I, you know, I'm with my family right now. I'm at an event. I'm, I'm doing this. I can't get back to you right now. But I've seen that work. I don't know how it works. I'm a, Counselor Giesta, I should say, is another one who I've, every time I've reached out, she's gotten back to me very quickly. And 
the limited times I've reached out to Councillor Lima, the same has happened. I reached out to Councillor Markey once for a story. He got back to me pretty quickly. So basically my point here is, and I know you might look at that and say it's a little bit different because I'm on the radio or I'm writing a story, so they might feel a need to get back to me, but I, I don't get that sense. I get the sense that they would do the same for you if you were reaching out to them. The problem is, is people don't always know the best way to get a hold of people. Now, they publish all their home phone numbers on the city council website, but you don't know if they're going to be home when you're calling, especially because they have so many responsibilities. They have an email address, but you don't always know when they're going to be able to respond to email. I think these this new initiative to have the council be on social media can be helpful, but it's also not talking directly to a counselor. So what I would recommend is if, you know, if you, if you are on social media, if you are on Facebook especially, I would add your ward counselor and I would add all the counselors at large and have them on there because that would give you the opportunity to reach out to them. That would give you the chance to be able to tag them in things. Counselor Abreu, I, I've seen every time somebody has tagged him, I've seen him get back to, to people. I've seen him acknowledge people. I've seen direct, you know, when people have messaged them, how quickly he responds. And I think he's kind of the, the, um, the standard bearer for this. And I think the other counselors are starting to follow his lead. So if you feel like you don't have the chance to talk to them directly because they're not coming on the radio and answering questions. And again, that's that's a very valuable thing, and it should happen. They should be coming on the radio and answering questions. And many of them do. Maybe not here because of the timing of, the, of their day and other things they have to do. But you can certainly hear them with Barry, with South Coast tonight, sometimes early in the morning with Phil. It do, And maybe on the weekends. It does happen. But you have the ability to reach out to them directly. Now, if for some reason they don't get back to you, I, I don't know what to tell you in that regard. But it's been my experience that they do get back to you. Obviously, journalists might be a little bit different. <laughs> Checks point, not getting text responded to or email requests or phone calls replied to. You know, that's a little bit different. But I think you, the constituency, they are, are more than willing to engage and hear from you. And that's that just seems to be it. I mean, I have conversations with counselors on social media about things that have nothing to do with city business. I mean, it, it's, it's no secret. He was on with me for a year. Counselor, Counselor Abreu and I will talk sports. We'll talk food. <laughs> we, we always will talk food. I love talking food with him because he's just as much of a foodie as I am. And he knows about different dishes and different places that I don't know about. Uh, and I think, you know, we, we had Counselor Lima call in talking about Jewish delis. Counselor Giesta talks to me about things, you know, that, 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 are, that are not city business. And this is just because you can build social relationships by following them on social media. So those of you who say, oh, I don't want to have a Facebook. I, I, I don't want Facebook invading my life. Well, here's, here's a way that it can help you. Here's a way that you can utilize it as a way to stay in touch and to be involved. These social media experiences are what you make them into. 
and what you allow them to become. I got chastised by somebody in the paranormal field, a friend of mine, who says, you know, you're not on Twitter enough. You need to do more on Twitter. I choose not to. I choose to use Twitter to promote things and then to stay, or, or like if I'm watching a, a sports game and I want to interact with people who are watching it too, or some kind of live event, but otherwise I choose not to spend too much time on it because then I see things that make me angry and things that, that make my blood pressure boil and it's not worth it. And and I'm trying to make my Facebook more about things that I care about, things that or things that I don't care about or, or that don't matter that I can use as an escape, and, and it's working. I've been able to... And I think Facebook has probably played a part in this with some of the algorithm changes, but it's far less maddening for me to open that up and scroll through now than it used to be. And I'm enjoying TikTok because I've now been able to kind of, as much as I hated it at first, I've been able to kind of cater my TikTok experience to see things that I want to see. So I can see, you know, ghost hunting videos. I can see stand-up comics. I can see funny little things that I actually do find funny. Uh, I can find little bits of information, historical things. I, I've kind of catered it to that. But you got to put in a little bit of effort to make it that way. Anyway, that's my uh, social media soapbox. Make sure you follow us, WBSM1420, at, uh, on Facebook and Twitter and on Instagram as well. We don't have a TikTok yet, but uh, as soon as we can convince um, Barry and Phil to get the TikTok leggings and do the TikTok dances, then we'll be all set. Then we'll start that off. All right, we'll take a break and be right back. The local talk doesn't stop. Six zero five hundred, or hit us up on App Chat on the WBSM app. Dennis, I saw the photo of the burger that you sent. That looks amazing. I might have to go down to Newport for the burger bender before it's over and uh, try that out for myself. A uh, couple of things. One, I just got a news alert that came across my phone said a fifth person has now been cured of HIV after a stem cell transplant. So it looks like this stem cell treatment for HIV is really becoming effective. Uh, it's it's sad that it's taken 40 years for us to be able to cure this, but it seems like we're getting closer to it. And so there's a little bit of news for you in that regard. We'd also mentioned earlier, by the way, speaking of news, and you heard Phil mention it, uh, David Cicilline, the congressman from Rhode Island, is stepping down to take over the RI Foundation. So that'll be uh, something that I'm sure will... I think be another way for him to, to affect some positive change. Again, I'm a fan of his, uh, having spoken with him and having seen him in action. Uh, I think that he is a good hearted person that is in thing in it for the right reasons. And I think he'll do great in that new position. So I wanted to bring up something that I mentioned a little bit earlier in the last hour. And, uh, for those of you who aren't familiar Sports talk radio in Boston has been dominated in recent years by 98.5, the sports hub. They were the startup, uh, I forget what year they started, just prior to 2000, I think it was 2009 or eight that they might have started, but 
this was, you know, the upstart challenger to WEEI, which had long been dominant, one of the one of the most dominant sports stations in the country. And now it's gotten to the point where 98.5 has overtaken it, and they've become the marquee sports talk radio in, in the Boston market. And the flagship show of that station is Felger and Maz. Michael Felger and Tony Maserati, who are on in the afternoons. And Tony Maserati was, I guess he was in the studio, and Felger was in New Orleans, And uh, this comes from the Channel 5 report. Late in the show, Maserati suggested that Felger should keep an eye on two black people who were sitting behind him in a hotel business center, warning him that they might steal his car. The remark was in reference to an incident in which Felger had his car stolen when he was in New Orleans in the fall. But Maserati acknowledged at the start of Monday's show that it, quote, came off as something far broader and ignorant. Uh, This was his statement on it. I made some comments that angered and upset some people, and rightfully so. I wish I could take them back. I can't. They were insensitive. They were hurtful. Frankly, they hurt the cause for those of us who believe in racial and social equality and all of those things, and I do. I owe everyone an apology. It's not who I am. It's not who we are. I can tell you that until I'm blue in the face. Those of you who know me will believe it. Those of you who don't won't, and you probably shouldn't. If I saw and heard what you did, I'd I'd feel the same way, and you'd have a right to be upset. Uh, Felger also said he bears some responsibility for the situation Maserati found himself in. I knew it was wrong the moment it went out, and I could have stopped the show. I could have stopped it and corrected it, and I didn't in real time. So there, I think you have two hosts who this is, I mean, it sounds to me like it was just a dumb thing to say, but not racially motivated. And two people standing up and saying, okay, A, it was wrong, and B, we handled it wrong. And, I, again, I don't know Tony personally. We've covered a lot of things over the years. I've sat next to him at Celtics games and Patriots games. And I can tell you that what I do know of him, this doesn't seem like his character at all. You know, he does seem, he is a person who believes in equality for everybody. Now, his persona on the radio might come across a little bit differently. And that's that's one thing that's always kind of irked me a little bit is that, you know, the Tony on the air isn't necessarily the same Tony in real life. It's it's a it's a it's a it's more of a character or let's just say it's a it's an you know, we'll use a pro wrestling term. It's an amped up version of yourself. And so I think that that edginess and that, you know, sarcasm and jokiness can get you in trouble sometimes in the wrong situation. And that's that's what I think happened here. There was the situation years ago with a previous Boston sports show on, on WEEI, the Dennis and Callahan show, where they were suspended because there was a, an incident in which uh, a gorilla broke out of the Franklin Park Zoo and there was a photo of the gorilla that was taken. The gorilla was standing outside the bus stop. And they said, you know, the gorilla is waiting for the bus. And, and Jerry Callahan said, yeah, it's a, it's a Metco gorilla. And Metco was the way that they were busing black children. So it, to, to, that's, that's kind of a little bit more of an egregious statement. But I also don't know it necessarily that... You know, he was equating black people to gorillas, but it's a situation of where you say, oh, 
I shouldn't make that connection. Or if you do make that connection, you should realize pretty quickly, like, whoops, I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. Uh, they did issue an apology when they came back, but it was hollow because from that, for, you know, every time they brought it up beyond that, they they scoffed at the fact that they made that apology. And I think Jerry Callahan is a hateful, spiteful person. I don't know that I would call him a racist because I think he hates everybody equally. But I just think he's a negative person. But this this sounds like it was a dumb thing to say, not being aware of the circumstance. Again, I didn't hear the audio. If he said, you know, watch out for those two black guys behind you, well, that's that's a that's an issue. But if he just said, watch out for those two guys behind you when they happen to be black, I couldn't tell by the way that it was characterized in that story. You know, that's 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 different. But also, your brain should tell you not to say that. As somebody who sits in front of a live mic and and just says whatever comes to his head. I understand that it's it's not always easier to let your brain work faster than your mouth, but that's kind of what you have to do. But again, I don't I don't think that this was maliciously intended. I don't know what the outcome will be. Uh, I'm sure Tony will step up and do something as a gesture. But you know, some folks look at that and say, "Well, that's just hollow." But I honestly think that he probably is upset by any pain that he might have caused. And certainly, you know, Felger standing up and taking some of the blame, too, and saying, I, I should have stopped the show and said, hold on, man. Like that, that shows a level of responsibility. And I know people don't like them because of the, the personas are to be, you know, jerks on the air and berate callers and berate athletes and things like that. That's just the nature of the game of of sports radio. As uh, as Rick Pitino said, the, you know, the fellowship of the miserable, the people who cover sports in Boston. And having done it, done it for a long time, he wasn't wrong. There were a lot of people that just wanted to write negative stuff. There were a lot of people that just wanted to to, to bash teams even as they were having success. Now, I understand wanting to have that approach because if you look at the way it's gone now, it's just over-the-top fanboys in some cases covering Boston sports. I cannot watch Celtics coverage pregame and postgame. I expect Eddie House, Brian Scalabrini, I expect them to be homers for the Celtics. I expect them to, to pick up that Tommy Mantle. And to um, to you know root for the green guys and everybody else is the enemy. I, I expect that first of all because they actually were players on the team, champion players on the team. But the so many of the people who cover sports now, especially on NBC Sports Net, Comcast, whatever it is now, so many of them are over the top with fandom and, and dumb stuff. I was watching what's a Celtics post up 
they had it on at the bowling alley with the sound off. And it just looks like the corniest show ever. Like they're eating Marcus Smart cereal and I don't know. They're doing like all kinds of stuff. Like I understand they're trying to make an entertaining program. And that show is always more of a, of a, a magazine type show where they're doing like features. In fact, I actually pitched one to that show back when Scott Pollard was on the Celtics because he was a paranormal fan. And I said, hey, I'll take Scott Pollard out on a ghost hunt somewhere. And you guys can film it for a segment. Like, I get it. I get what the show is about. But it's just, it's it's bloggers who were fans who now consider themselves journalists. And there's no objectivity. And you can say whatever you want about me. But I tried to play it down the middle when I was covering the teams and covering the leagues. I did allow myself to be a little bit of a mark when I was writing about wrestling, but that's different. Like that's, that's a different animal. When I was trying to critique the Celtics, the Patriots, I tried to do it as objectively as I can inside. I was a fan of both. And I'm obviously I'm rooting for them to win and I'm, I'm rooting for them to, 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 to win championships. And I had to control myself sometimes in the press box because I wanted to cheer, but you don't cheer in the press box. But now they do. 508 996 We'll be right back. 1420 WBSF. And welcome back in. Hey, just so you know, Thursday, we're going to be on the road again. We're going to be at Mystic Cafe in Fairhaven. If you want to come on by and be part of the show and have some breakfast, we'll be broadcasting there from 9 to noon. It's right located right on Main Street in Fairhaven. It's actually on the corner of Main Street and Alpine Ave. You can't miss it. they got a cool sign right there on the outside of the building. Mystic Cafe in Fairhaven. That's what will be Thursday. And, of course, we'll have a special deal for you that will go on sale Thursday morning as well. Let's go to the phones right now. Good morning. You are on WBSM. Uh, good morning, Tim. How are you? Uh, yesterday you were talking about the 20th anniversary of the station fire. Yes. And I didn't have a chance to call in, but I don't know if you recall, a few years back you had a guest host for a couple of weeks uh, who came on in the afternoon, mm-hmm. uh, Dave Kane. Dave Kane, yep. Well, his son was a, the youngest victim in that fire. Yeah, Nicky O'Neill. I think he was 16 when, when, when he died in the fire. He was 18 years old. 18, okay. Yeah, and... Uh, uh, Dave wrote a book about it, and it's called 41 Signs of Hope. Mm-hmm. And I did order the book when he was a guest host. And uh, it's uh, basically, uh, since his son's passing, the, the book was published in 2006. So that was a few years, three years after the fire. But in that span of time, he got all kinds of signs from, from his from his son. Either they were... Uh, uh, synchronicity signs. His son's favorite number was 41, and they started seeing all kinds of signs. And, and they also made a documentary as well. 
Yeah, I'm not I'm not aware of the documentary, but I don't know if it's still available. I have to find out from Dave if we can still get copies of that. But if you um if you're online and you search uh Spooky South Coast Dave Kane, you'll find the episode he did with us where he, we had him on for the full two hours, him and Christian de Resendiz who made the film and uh, and they talked about it in depth. It it's just it's an amazing story. Uh, yep. The fact that you know, even though Nikki perished in the fire, he's he's still around, and those signs, he, they still get those signs to this day. Yeah, yeah. So I just thought I'd bring that up. You know. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, great day. You as well. Yeah, absolutely. You can still get the book Forty One Signs of Hope. The documentary is out there as well. I don't know if they've if they've released it to YouTube or anything like that, but um I'll have to reach out to Dave and ask him. But it was it was an astounding story when we had Dave come on and talk about that. And uh to know that to this day, you know, Nikki still reaches out and gives them that forty one. And there's some people that will, you know, be skeptical about it and say, Well, of course, you know, when somebody passes and say you hear their favorite song on the radio, uh, of course you're going to think about them because that was their favorite song. Now, other people will say, yeah, but that song might have come on because they're trying to send you a message at a certain time. It all depends on how much you want to believe, but the signs that Dave and, 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 and Nikki's family received as these messages were beyond just those little coincidental things that you say, okay, well, you just have them in the front of your mind. But it was it was much, much deeper than that. And you can check it out by reading the book, uh, seeing the documentary, or if you want to go back. And this, the episode with Dave from Spooky South Coast was probably 2006, 2007. So it was in, in the very early years of the program. I think it was 2006. So if you want to check that out, you can you can find it by going and searching for it on the Spooky South Coast podcast. Now that we have moved the podcast to uh, Anchor, you can find all of those old episodes from the early years that had disappeared from the feed before because there were just too many episodes. Now it's all been repopulated. So i got to take our final break of the hour. We'll be right back. Today, we'll be back tomorrow with uh, Midweek with the Mayor. And don't forget, too, tomorrow night on South Coast tonight from 7 to 8, the Ward 3 debate with both candidates, Sean Oliver and Carmen Amaral, here with Chris, with Marcus, and with New Bedford Lights, Jack Spillane. Uh, really quickly, Answered 7 in the Cushion says, I listen to Felger and Maz when I get the chance. They are funny, but I think it was something that was said without thinking. There should be consequences for what was said because it was not called for. I think a suspension without pay would probably be good enough for me, but it, can go, it can't go without punishment because they have to set an example that this will not be tolerated. And then uh, somebody from the West Coast asking what chop suey is. Well, we'll have to get into that tomorrow. We are out of time. But uh, stay tuned. We have Bill O'Reilly followed by Barry Richard. And then, of course, Howie Carr and South Coast Tonight. Stay tuned for all of that. Enjoy every chow man WBSM sandwich. and W254.